to talk about one of the most mysterious topics in the Word of God, and that is the power of the name of Jesus. And we actually sang that song, and we weren't planning, we didn't have any plans for that, uh, the, the, the powerful name, wonderful name of Jesus. Uh, to know the name of Jesus is to know Jesus, and to know Jesus is to know the Father. Let me say it again. To know the name of Jesus or have a, have a relation, knowing means to have relationship with the name of Jesus, to know Jesus, and to know Jesus is to know the Father. I remember this is years ago, uh, we were in Sedona Valley and, and uh, spending some time there and with a family, and, and it's real pretty there, and there's a Mexican restaurant, it's like a, a street that's, I forget the name of the street, but it's a strip uh, street that has all these different restaurants and places you can patronize and, and gift shops and all kinds of stuff. And there's a, there's a Mexican restaurant that we, we go to when we're there. And uh, this has had to be like, oh gosh, 12, 15 years ago, something like that. And I walked into uh, the bathroom, use the restroom, and it was kind of packed in there and uh, people were coming and going. And, and uh, there's a little boy in there and he's trying to talk to his dad. You know how little kids are, about four years old, He's trying to get his dad's attention. He's asking 49 questions. You know, dad's just trying to get in there and get out, right? And so I'm kind of waiting my turn. And the kid's in there, and he asks, he says, dad, he says, how do you say dad in Mexican? He said Mexican, not Spanish. How do you say dad in Mexican? And he said, you say poppy. And he looked down, and he looked back up, took a second, goes, I love you, puppy. I thought that was the cutest thing I ever heard in my entire life, praise God. And it stuck with me. You know what? I love the Father. Do you love the Father? We may not always say it right, but our intention is always right. Amen? So to know the name of Jesus is to know Jesus. To know Jesus is to know the Father. Remember Jesus said that to one of his disciples. He said, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. And what I'm talking about is not a formula, knowing his name, uh, not a formula to get what you want or even to defeat the devil. It is to understand and to honor who he is. Look at John chapter 16, 24. It says, Jesus said, until now you've asked nothing in my name. No one had used his name before because he had never been revealed before. It was the first time on the planet. He said, ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Another translation would say, ask in my name and you'll receive that your joy may be full. Jesus was saying or even introducing prayer as entering into a brand new era. No longer would it be uh, saying things repetitiously, um, you know, um, going before the, the wall and, and rocking back and forth. I'm going to the priest. I'll talk about it in just a moment. But it was more than that. It was Jesus was revealing something. It was personal. It was like he was saying, I'm going to give you a members-only card, and that card that I give you is going to give you access into a place that man's never had access before, and that's directly into the throne room of God. Nobody will go on your behalf. You'll go on the behalf of yourself, and that members-only card is my name. So if you come in my name, it'll cause you to go directly into the presence of my Father. It was a brand new uh, way, a brand new era of time of prayer being much more personal and much more powerful. So it went from being generalized prayer, which would be repetitiously, it would be done by others, into an era of being personalized. Before they would have to go through a priest or be, they'd go before a priest 
prophet in order to go before the Lord. Uh, they couldn't go, especially the people couldn't go before God just at any time because of their sin. This is before Jesus died for our sin. And because of that, the, only the priest could go once a year to atone for the nation, and he would go on behalf of the people. So that was a generalized, and he would take the, the needs of the people before God, or prophet indeed would do the same as he was anointed to do it. But now Jesus says, no, every individual is going to, it's going to be personalized so that you can go before the Father and you can speak on your own behalf, but you'll do it in my name. Notice that Jesus is not saying that we're, we are to ask for his sake, but we are, are actually compelled to ask for our sake. Nothing wrong but going before the Father uh, in the name of Jesus for your needs. But it's even more powerful when you go before the Lord God Almighty in the name of Jesus for your family's needs or for the church's needs or for your neighbor's needs. Come on. Amen, somebody. Jesus doesn't need answered prayer. We need answered prayer. And we are under the new covenant. Everybody say new covenant. And we have every special privilege that God has given us under the new covenant by way of the shed blood of Jesus Christ and by that new covenant, the Bible calls it a better covenant because the old, you didn't have access, but now you do through Jesus' blood. And we have very special privileges. There is no begging necessary under the new covenant. I'm preaching better than y'all shouting tonight. I'm saying you don't have to go to God as a beggar, like somebody who doesn't know him, but he is Abba Father. He is your daddy. He is a good, good father. Come on. And because of his name, the name of Jesus, we get into, and the Bible says, we can now come boldly into his throne room. In other words, we are under a new covenant. We don't go to God with our knees trembling and we're shaking and we're afraid because we might die. No longer is it the case. Only one had to die and he was perfect in his sacrifice. And because of his shed blood, and our faith in him, our sin has been forgiven, and we can come and say, hey, Dad, what's up? And I'm not saying we shouldn't be respectful, but I think you understand what I'm trying to say. No longer is it under the old covenant where we would beg God for something, but now we come as a child, join heirs with Christ and heirs to God's throne. We come boldly because we have a relationship now with the Father. We don't have to. We now, not, we now have an advocate. We don't have to no longer have somebody that's going before God like a priest. We now have an advocate with the Father, Jesus himself, that says this one is one of your own. He can enter in. Come on, somebody say amen. As a matter of fact, Jesus is saying this. He said, when you ask in my name, I will give it the highest of priorities. Whatever you ask in my name, he's saying, I will give it the highest of priority. That would be like the devil to come to you and whisper in your ear while you're trying to pray, saying, well, it didn't happen last time. This didn't happen. That didn't happen. He's always going to try to come and breed doubt in your thinking to get you off course in your prayer time because he knows when you go before the Lord in his name, whatever you ask. I said, whatever you ask, God makes, Jesus makes it the highest priority before the Father. It's now out of your hands, he's saying, and it's in my hands. So when you ask in my name, it goes from your hand to my hand. And what does that do? That takes the limits off 
all the limitation that's been a part of your, uh, your thinking or the limitations being a, been a part of your asking or the things that are going on in your life, Jesus removes them in his name and now it's not according to my ability, but it's according to his ability. That's called the grace of God. The goodness of God's grace is that I no longer have to work it out. I don't have enough strength. I don't have enough power. I don't have enough goodness in myself. But I thank God that Jesus was the perfect sacrifice so that when I ask in his name, that's the membership card I need to get access to the Father that opens up the floodgate that causes my prayer to become the highest priority and it takes the limits off my life. It's not my ability. It's not in my power, but in his ability and his power. Come on, somebody. I wish two people would give God a shout of praise like you lost your mind. And when I pray in his name, it gives God permission. You say, well, God doesn't need your permission. I'm sorry to tell you, but, but he does. And what I mean by that is this. God can do what he wants to do, but what he did do, he already set up. So I'm going to abide by his rules. He didn't say when I pray. He said when you pray. And when you go into your closet and you pray and you shut your door, I'm the one that's in the secret place and I'll come and meet you in secret. And what if you ask me in the secret place, I will expose and manifest in the open place. What am I doing? I'm giving God, I'm granting God permission when I pray in his name to walk into my life and do what he wants to do. People don't like that kind of talk. But I could probably word it differently, but I think that's just easy for us to understand. That when we pray, God gets permission now. Because you see, I have a will. And God will not even go against my own will. I can do what I want. Even if I want to rebel against him, I can do that. I can shut God out of my life. Don't tell me you can't. I've already done it. Did it for seven years when I backslid from a kid from 13 to 21. And I did what I wanted to do and God was not a part of my life. Yes, you can shut him out of your life. Amen. Oh, but the good news is the moment you begin to repent and say, Lord, forgive me. I tried and I have failed and I am so sorry and I ask you now to forgive me of all my sin and work with me, King. I'm your son. Excuse me, I'm not cussing here, but I want to say it this way. I'm not a bastard child. I've been adopted by the blood of your son. I'm a part of your family. I've been grafted in. I have the same rights as your son had. And when that happens, he grants me what I ask. John 16, 23, and in that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly I say to you, Jesus said, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. This is so powerful because we see that Jesus will actually endorse our prayer by the usage of his name. And most people still pray prayers that are not scriptural. We pray prayers like, Lord, if it be your will. And if it is your will, then these things, uh, this will come to pass. But what you got to understand, what is his will? That's why I'm so glad you're in the house of God. And those that are listening by way of, the, of our, our podcast, you're hearing the word of God and it's helping you because you've got to know what his will is. Do you know what's called the New and the Old Testament? 
You ever, ever heard of a will and testament? That's what that means. It's the old will and testament. It's the new will and testament. So you got to understand what is God's will. I love the Old Testament. I study the Old Testament. Why? Because it brings confirmation. But it was a shadow of things to come. I don't live in the Old Testament. And you better thank God every day. Because if y'all lived in, if you're not a Jew, I'm going to tell you right now, it would not bode well with you in the Old Testament. And even if you were a Jew, you went under fear and trembling, not knowing if God was going to secure your future for the next year or not. That's an Old Testament. But it's types and shadows that lead me to the new will and testament. What is his will? His will is what he has said and what he has promised. And he said his promises are yes and amen. So when you study God's will, his word, whatever his will is, is what his word is. Whatever his word is, is what he wills to do. He left that will to us. Come on, somebody. So when I find out the precious promises, I already know what his will is. So I don't have to, stare, I don't have to stammer or stutter or wonder what God wants. I just got to know what the will is. And it is his will to prosper your life. He doesn't want you poor all the days of your life. I'm preaching better than you're shouting tonight. Because that's what the book says. He wants your loved ones saved. I'm telling you, even the ones you don't like. Even your mother-in-law. <laughs> even your stepchild. Come on, somebody. No, I'm just kidding. He wants them all saved. Come on. Whatever God's will is, is what his word is, and what his word is, is his will, and his word and his will is his way of getting things done. Our ways of doing things have been convoluted, but God's word is not. That's why he reminds us and says, my ways are not your ways, neither my thoughts are your thoughts, says the Lord, they are higher. So i got to come up higher. I've got to have revelation. What is God saying to me? And by the way, I can't preach everything tonight. You understand. We can break it down some other time. But you got to, look at y'all. Look, let me just tell you something. You live in the best. You live in the, people complain how bad it is out there. No, no, no. It's incredible out there. It's wonderful out there. Oh, there's some bad stuff, but there's always been bad stuff. We got to look at it differently. You are you have got knowledge at your fingertips. You have got a computer. Most of y'all got a smartphone. If you got a flip phone, we're going to pray for you. Hallelujah. This year is your year, Jesus. Give them a smartphone. Amen. And maybe you don't want one, but I'm telling you, most of y'all have a smartphone. And that smartphone is a computer. Do you know that you've got more power in your hand than they had in 1969 when they launched three men to the moon? And they had rooms of equipment. Rooms and warehouses of equipment, and you've got more power in your hand than they had to get a man on the moon. Thank you, that. All you got to do is do something called Google. That's just one of the search engines, right? And you got to Google it. We, we say Google it, but that's a term. They didn't even come up with that. We came up with that. The name was Google. We said Google it. So if you don't know a promise from God, Google it. And they'll come up 25 different ways. You can look at the, it'll say 10 promises of God, 25 promises of God, 35, 50 promises of God. All the promises of scripture from Genesis to Revelation. 
you lazy. Right? We've got it. And you take it and you go and you apply it because that's God's will for your life. No excuse for this anymore. It's interesting to me that I have seen some that were not saved receive more from God than those who were born again Christians and those same Christians struggle more with God than the person who did not know him. I have seen it until I'm going, what in the world's going on? Because you know, most people who don't know God when they come to God for anything or come to you because you know God because you know the man upstairs. That's a term we used to use. They used to say, you know, you, you know the man upstairs. That was God. And so what they came to you is because they were in a desperate situation. And they were willing to step out and believe what was said. And Bible doesn't say you have to be saved to receive from God. The Bible says all you have to do is believe him. And then we get you saved and get you to church. Come on. And we get you listening to the word here and the word there. And then you listen to the word on, on, on the, the radio stations and on the television station. And it's all good. But next thing you know, that person's contradicting that person and that person. And they use their, their thesis and their theologians going. And they're getting the Hebrew. You know what the Hebrew is? It's Hebrew and Greek mixed together. Hallelujah. And all that stuff. And next thing you know, you get so confused, you don't know what God's will is anymore. Why don't you just go ahead and find out for yourself what God's word has to say about your life? We get so confused, so convoluted. All we got to do is say, that's what God says. That's what I'm going to believe. So, and, and, and although I am not here to judge anyone, I am, though, here to declare what God's word has to say beyond what I feel about it and beyond what I see with my eyes. Jesus came to heal, deliver, and to save in the same way that I preach salvation to all that they may be saved. I cannot force it upon them with my faith. They have to receive it for themselves by faith. The same for healing, prosperity, and all the other promises of God. I preach prosperity. I believe that God wants to prosper, but that is not how people prosper. I teach people how to prosper, but you must give your tithes and offerings, yet some will not receive it because it requires their faith to do it. So it's not enough to go hip, hip, hooray, amen, preacher. Now, Faith isn't just believing. Faith is putting into action what you believe. Now, we all get really excited when we see the keto diet. We all get really excited late night and we can't sleep and we see this exercise program or machine that you can get for $89 a month, come on, for the rest of your life. And it does everything. Come on, somebody. It even makes the coffee early in the morning for you. It does everything. And you can say, oh, man, that's incredible. But if you buy the equipment and it comes in the package and sits in the package and you keep on going, man, I can't wait to get my exercise program going. Come on, somebody. And it's there every single month. And you keep saying, I can't wait. Let me just say, good intentions will not get the job done. Amen. The first step was to believe that it was possible, but the second step is actually put it into action what you believe, and when you do that, that's when the product begins to work for you. So when you want to prosper, well, the Bible says you have to obey, 
The Bible says you have to know the word of the Lord. The Bible says know the word, keep it in your mind and in your heart, meditate there in it day and night, and you'll make your way, come on, prosperous, and you'll have what? Good success. The Bible also says the only way that opens up the windows of heaven for people to prosper is when they give their tithe and offering. And when you don't, the Bible calls you a robber and a thief. Now, you may not have known that, but tonight now you know, and you got to step up your game. Now, if you don't want to prosper, that's your business. But those that want to prosper, i gotta, I got to do what God tells me to do. It's just like Jesus came and he died for the whole world. But he said, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the gospel of peace to the world. In other words, you've been sent to go and tell them about Jesus. Our church tells people about Jesus. They can't know unless a preacher tells them. That's you and that's me. So we activate it with our faith. So in other words, as much as I want you to have all that God promised you and I I have the faith to believe that you can receive them, it is limited by your ability to believe and put it into action in order to receive them. Your will can get in the way. So God says, this is my will. This is what I want for your life. Here are the action steps you take to get those things that I willed for you, which are all good. He's a good, good father. Every good and perfect gift comes from the father of lies. He said, now that's what I will for you, but you have your own will. You might say, and with your will, I don't feel like I got the time for that right now. I don't feel I got quiet in it. I don't feel like I have the energy for that right now. I feel like I'm going to do that about six months. Let me get through these things first, Lord, and then I'll go ahead and do that. Um, I don't want to do that. Ask somebody else. How come you always picking on me? I, mean, I'm, I don't know once I ever say that. I say it sometimes. Lord, how come you me? Because I'm asking you to do it. You ought to be privileged and honored that he's asking you to do it. Because he's asking you to do it. Number one, he, you know there is a blessing tied to your obedience. But number two, it must mean he trusts you to do something for him. I say, ask somebody else. He said, they won't do it. Why are you asking me? Because you'll do it. I don't want to. I know you don't want to, but you're still going to do it. It haunts me. When God asks me to do something, man, it just haunts me until I get it done. Even when I don't, I drag my feet the whole way. I got to do it because I know that's what God, it honors him. Amen, church. So you got your will. You got to get over yourself. Touch your neighbor and say, just get over yourself. Touch your other neighbor and say, why don't you smile a little bit? You, You won't look like you're so convicted around here. Again, notice Jesus did not say, ask in my name and the Father might give it to you. No, he said, whatever you ask in my name, he will give it to you. It will be his pleasure to give it to you. It is his will to give it to you. Now, you might say, but Lord, I want to marry that man. I want to marry that woman. Um, maybe not so much. Maybe they're not the right one for you. See, sometimes we're asking for things that don't belong to us. I'm not asking to go, kids, if you start doing that, I claim you in the name of Jesus, right? Now, Rich is a good-looking guy. You walk up to Rich, you say, Rich, I'm claiming you in the name of Jesus. Uh, he'll say, I bind you in the name of Jesus. You better talk to my pastor. Because Richard's already been burned. He ain't going to be burned again. Come on, somebody. Amen. Am I right, Richard? 
Amen. Painful. It's tough to go through. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you something. You want to pick somebody that God's already chosen for you. But I don't know every time God, I'm afraid God's going to help me look at somebody that's ugly. I don't know if I want that. I just know God. I know how he is. He's going to make it hard for me. He's going to tell me that's the one, and I'm going to know he's going to walk by faith and not by sight. <laughs> I just know how he's going to do it. No, 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 no. He knows you better than himself. And, yourself, and you'll, he'll give you even the desires of your heart. And trust me, there's somebody else. You may not have met them yet. If you have met them, you may not have seen them the way you're supposed to see them yet because God would not allow it. you got to trust God. I don't know why I'm on this because that ain't no part of what I'm going to say at all. But I do see a lot of single people in our church, and I want you to get married. I really, sometimes it burdens me, and I pray. I say, Lord, you know, these, these women, I see a lot of these women here in this church, and they got to get married. They got to. They can't be forever like this. I mean, we got, Lord, I don't want them going to somebody else's church. They belong here, so you got to send them here. So I got that, we, got, we got some good women in this church that God is raising up and making better every week. They're getting stronger every week. They're learning more about who they are every week because I'm going to tell you what attractive women is. Attractive women are those that know who they are. It's not the makeup or the you dress that up the way you're supposed to, whatever it makes you look. But I'm just saying, I'm talking about that inside person that's confident. A confident woman walks into the room, it's a game changer, right? Don't matter how she looks, it's just something about her. It's attractive. So that's one thing. But I've got to tell the men here in the room, I don't know, why, why am I talking about this tonight? But I'm going to tell the men, y'all need to step up your game. You can't play video games every single day of your life. You can't not have a plan. You can't have a, not have a job. Most of the men in my church do, but I'm just saying... But you got to step up your game and be worthy material to get married to. A woman that I teach in this church is a woman that says, I'm strong. So I'm only going to submit to a man that can be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And if you can do that, you can lead me. But if you can't do that, you can't lead me. That's the kind of women we're raising up in this church. So you're going to have to step up your game a little bit, praise God. And you need a little money in your pocket too. Amen. The ladies need that too. But, but my point is, is, that, is that we pick wrong. We choose wrong. We, get, we, we, we have people in our lives. What time is it? Praise God. I'm, I'm up here preaching all kinds of stuff. We have people in our lives that we get into business deals that we should have never. It burned us, man. Cost us money and time and relationships. We should have never got, well, it sounded good, but it wasn't the right thing. So sometimes we're claiming things and said, well, the Bible says I can ask whatever I want. Yes, you can. So be very careful what you ask because you just might get what you ask. Matter of fact, you will. So you got to know what's the will of God for your life. Amen. So <clears throat> now, I'm going to make this statement real quick. It's very simple. Satan has absolutely no authority over you whatsoever. I bind the devil any chance I get, but I'm going to tell you something. I don't bind him thinking he's got the upper hand. I bind him to remind him. Ooh, that's good. I'm going to say it again. I bind him to remind him. He's a defeated foe. I'm letting you know. You're on, you are, I'm serving you notice. The blood of Jesus is against you, and in his name when I pray. 
Angels come and the, the war is on. Praise God. But it has no authority over you and me. We can use the name of Jesus in warfare for against, war, sorry, warfare against unseen forces that surround us. Um, let me just bring up the scripture, Acts 16, 16. Um, now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with the spirit of divination met, met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune-telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. That sounds good, right? She's saying something good and true. And this, and this she did for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, Why was he annoyed? Now, he hasn't written the story yet. So he's out there preaching, and some woman's over there going, follow this guy. He's anointed of God. He's got a great word from God. You know, that would be like the Twitter or the Facebook. You know, it's making announcements, public announcements, to let them know, hey, there's a meeting in town. You got to go check them out. Why is Paul annoyed? Because Paul is dealing with the unseen realm. That's called the gift of discernment. It's knowing that something just ain't quite right with that woman and what's being done here. And so what happens? He gets annoyed. A thing that you need to understand, why, you say, why is this situation annoying me? Why does this person annoy me? It's not the person. It's what's going on in the unseen realm. I cannot tell you, I can't tell you how many times in the ministry, over many years, it's happened to me while talking to somebody, and inside, it's like friction. It's like they're saying nice things to me, but everything in me is going, no, something's off here. I, I feel annoyed. I want my skin. Just, just, ooh, I want to get away from them. What's going on here? You know what I have found out most of the time? That person that smiles and says they're with me is normally the one that's got a, it's got a, 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 a knife in my back talking about me to anybody else, about me crossways. Why? Because they don't agree with me. But So they put on the thing that they're for me, but they're really against me. Now, I've learned that when that happens to me, it's not that I confront the person because nine times out of ten, they ain't going to tell you the truth anyways. But my deal is I've got to pray. Now, what do you do? You pray against the person, tell them to get out of your church? No. It's not even them I'm dealing with. It's a spirit that's come up against them that's buffeting me, and I, I feel annoyed by it. So I bind up the spirit. A lot of times people end up leaving, but a lot of times people go, their whole attitude changes. Or something happens, or I get a little letter or something like that and say, you know, I had something, but I, I forgive you, and I, I didn't know if it was me or, the, or what the devil was or whatever, but I tell you, I, I just let it go, and forgiveness happens, and mercy comes, and it's a wonderful experience. Paul felt the same way. He was greatly annoyed. He turned and said to the spirit, not the girl, I command you, How? How? In the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour, that moment. He speaks to the spirit, the unseen realm. Jesus said, he said, uh, Peter said, you are the Christ, the anointed one with your anointing. Uh, the son of the living God. And he said, Peter, upon that rock. I'll build my ecclesia, my church, which means the called out ones to the gates of the city. That's why the next part of that verse, he says, and the gates of hell. 
because positionally we're to be up against the gates of hell, to keep hell away from our family. The church has been designed by God in the city, come on somebody, to keep hell up out of the city. He said, upon this rock, I'll build the gates. He said, the community of the people called out once to the gates of the city, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That's the unseen world. Amen, somebody. That's how God designed this thing to be. It's not the people we can see, even though they might be annoying and they might give us problems. It's not about them. It's the spirit that's behind it. And just quickly, uh, I wanted to share this. Uh, I've shared it before in the past. It's been a while. But, but my wife was at home, and, and she was a, a new mother, and, uh, and I was a new father, and, and so she was a stay-at-home mom. We were able to do that at that point in time, and, and, um, and so uh, I was at work, and she had get, got this call. She told me about it in between the calls, and this man calls uh, her and basically says, I'm going to say it, I'm just going to paraphrase it, but says, come here, honey, come here real quick. Give her a hand as she comes up here. She can say it better than me. Because uh, she says, I always leave out something when I tell this story, and I didn't tell you. Tell them what happened. Well, earlier that day, Pastor had said, um, there's a man that's going to call, and he wants to ask some questions uh, for his grandson for the youth. So I was expecting a, some, a gentleman to call. So when the phone rang and I, and I you know, picked it up, there was a very nice man on the other end of the phone. And, um, you know, so I'm all ready to answer some questions. And all of a sudden, he's just said, you know, hi, how are you doing, kind of a thing. And then he said, all of a sudden, his tone changed. And he said, uh, I want you to listen to what I'm about to say. It is very important that you listen. And I was like, oh, okay, okay, you know. And, and he said, if at any time you hang up this phone, I have people surrounding the house that are ready to come in. So I want you to listen to my instructions and you do what I'm telling you to do. So now, you know, he's got my attention. I'm a little freaked out. And, and, but he would never say what his intentions were. He just kept threatening, and which is an interesting thing. That's what the, de you know, the devil will do. He always threatens you. He might not tell you intentionally what he's got planned because he doesn't know what he can actually do. So, um, it was, so it was summertime. I had my front door open, and I had uh, Pastor Nick was in a little swing. Well, he starts crying. And then the man said to me, he said, um, if you hang up this phone, he said it again, if you hang up this phone, I have people that will come in. Do you want that child to be motherless? I can do it in a second. So I freaked out. I hung up the phone. And I called, I called Pastor, and um, no, 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 I, I'm sorry. I hung up the phone. I picked it up to call Pastor, uh, and he was still on the phone. He said, I told you what I would do if you hung up this phone. I'm doing it now. And I, I took that phone, and I put it out to here, and I just started screaming. I said, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, you can't do nothing. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And I put it back up to my, and he goes, um, 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 um. And I go, in Jesus' name. And I hung up the phone. <laughs> I was very bold at the time. I called pastor and I said, honey, come home, come home. <laughs> but that is the power. He had no clue what to do. We found out later, it was on the news, that there was a man that was calling people's homes and threatening him the same way he did. But I guarantee you he stopped after that phone call. 
I think he was the last one. You were the last phone call. <laughs> he was like, uh, 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 uh. He never heard that before, praise God. It reminds me of my mother. My mother one time, she got it, she got it called uh, back in those days. I don't even do these things anymore when the guy would call and he would be the heavy breathing, all that kind of stuff, the, the typical, like, almost, like, funny character. And... um. And he's, he's, you know, trying to do what he was trying to do. And my mother said, oh, hi, how are you? The guy, he wouldn't say anything, just panting. Really. He goes, she goes, well, since I got your attention, I want to tell you about something that's changed my life forever, and his name is Jesus. As soon as she said that, the guy went, click. <laughs> oh, yeah, you use his name, it changes everything in the atmosphere. I promise you that. You, let me tell you something. How many ever had a dream? A bad dream, and someone's trying to get you. You're in slow mo, and it's, come on, somebody, and it's still trying to get you, and almost gonna grab you. And finally, you had enough, and you turn around and say, In the name of Jesus, I rebuke you. And the thing goes, Ah, and it's cowards, and goes, Even in your dreams, you've got power in his name. Come on, somebody. Everybody say, There's power in his name. Last scripture, Mark 16, 17, and these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They'll lay hands upon the sick, and they will recover. Come on. The actual Greek translation reads this way. These signs shall accompany the believing ones in my name. There, this should be every bit a part of our life every single day. We are the saved ones. We are the believing ones, so this power belongs to us. Somebody say amen.